Are you like me, folks? Have, have you ever thought about how many different kinds of fish there are and the names of those fish? Let's, uh, let's take a little ride. Trout. Am I right? Sturgeon. I don't think so, pal. Salmon. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Salmon. Who thought that was a good idea, right? Bass. This guy over here knows what I'm talking about. Halibut. Thank you. Good night. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I am your host, Jeff. And I'm Jake. Uh, what's up, dude? Um, not a whole lot, dude. Started <laughs> listening to uh, the, your fir- the first episode of Michael Jaggers. Oh. Really liked it. No, uh-huh. you're lying. I did. did I, mean, you? I mean, I'm not too far into it. Okay. So okay. I'll just say that. All right. But the intro was hilarious where Dimitri was like, I wanted to try to play a game with, the, with, the, with the name, <laughs> but then I realized in order to find us, you'd have to know the name already. And I was yes. like, that was kill- that killed me. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. Um, we had some, or some random guy kind of comment, don't know him, mm-hmm. just was like, hey, I listened to your guys' show. Uh, I was laughing really hard so i think that's the biggest thing for me is i want people to laugh i mm-hmm. want people to enjoy it sure um just wait till the more episodes okay. come out dude <laughs> it gets it gets a little bananas but the thing that's interesting about that show knuckle draggers is um doing this with you mm-hmm. has just i'm not saying we're, i'm a professional i'm not saying like i i know everything about podcasting but Going into that show, I'm far more educated than I was coming into this show. Oh, for sure. So going, I appreciate you just like being my partner going through this learning curve mm-hmm. of like figuring <laughs> this out um, because it's definitely, it was definitely hard. I think now we're definitely in a groove yeah. and we, we kind of know what this show is and, and just how to set up, how to break down, how to edit, how to promote, you know what I mean? It's a well-oiled machine. Yes, it is very. And with that one, it was just like uh, in that intro for that show, I'm like, welcome to the first and worst episode. <laughs> <laughs> of knuckle draggers. Well, I mean, that's just that's the nature of the right. beast. Right. It's just figuring out what your show is, and you know what I mean. Even even today, we're still evolving. Say this show and, and kind of figuring out what it is, and and also like when to come chime in on each like right. Yeah, yes. just just yeah. the nat- just to try to have a natural conversation is a process. It is on this platform. Yeah. So yeah, and so. I'm glad you started it. I hope you like it. Yeah. Um, we have two episodes out now, so if you guys want to hear some, it's mostly just current events, kind of t- telling stories about our lives, ridiculous stories. I think on the, what is the first episode? I don't remember what stories we told, but I think that's going to kind of be a theme is like us sharing stores, knuckle dragging stories, mm-hmm. just terrible <laughs> things we did as teenagers. Both of us were kind of hellions for our parents and, uh, I think that's kind of a lot of what we share on that show. Okay. I'm excited. I, I like what I listened to yeah, so far. Good. So, I mean, thank you. Yeah. I like that. Um, okay. So I have a ton of things to talk about that are not political. Okay. Um, so if you're here for the political stuff, barrel through the, <laughs> these other things. Um, Oof, I don't know what I want to get to. Um, there's quite a bit. So I have NBA stuff. Okay. How I Met Your Mother. For, um, I have some for, TV things that okay, I want to get sure. to. Um, but let me start with some NBA stuff. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so the NBA All-Star game is February 7th. Okay. That's coming up, man. Yeah, it's quick. Dead, trade deadline's coming up. I know. How do you feel about the All-Star game, just in general? 
Uh, do you watch it? Do you watch I, that I stuff? I do. I do watch it. Is it your like your weekend? Do you like to like spend it Saturday night watching that stuff and then All Star Game Sunday? No, I I watch strictly the game. You're so funny. I I will. I'll tune in for the three point contest because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. today the three point contest was the dunk contest of yesteryear. I agree. I agree. Like the dunk contest is just kind of watered down. Right. Everybody's. Kinda, I agree. Every everybody's. Everything has already kind of been done. Yes. So it's just a bunch of copycats. Yes. Um, the three-point contest, because of today, had its importance to today's game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is fun to see those sh- those shooters just drain bucket after bucket and after bucket. And it's a close competition uh-huh. usually. Yeah. Um, I wish they would spend more time on that. Maybe a few more rounds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Make it a little longer. Yeah. Because, uh, like you said, the dunk contest is just kind of. Just not well, and great. it's subjective too. It is, yeah. It's so that's a subjective. Good point. With a three point, you know the clear winners. Yeah. Um, there was a few seasons ago when Aaron Gordon competed, mm-hmm. and he didn't win. But he should have. He absolutely yeah, should. I have. watched. That's probably the last year I think I watched. Yeah. He lost to Zach Levine. Yeah, yeah. And I think that after that, I was super turned off from the dunk contest because when he jumped over the mascot mm-hmm. and did uh, like uh, he but he like put it under his butt. Like yeah. around his under his legs and then dunked it over the mascot, I, and the mascot had the ball, didn't he? And he yeah. was spinning. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous, yeah. dude. That's a ridiculous dunk. And like, it's innovative. It's not too showboaty, and it was athletically impressive. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to give that guy the win. Yeah. And I think it was Javale McGee who who dunked three balls at once one year. Like had two balls. And caught an alley oop and dunked all three in one motion. Took him a few times, t- uh, tries, but that was another one I was super impressed by. And it was just like he didn't win that one either. Yeah. So it's, uh, I think it's subjective. Is mm-hmm. the point of like I'm just not into it, but I'm gonna watch it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're you're a much bigger hoops fan. Yeah. I'm a big hoops fan. You're right. But I like the Blazers. Yes. You like hoops in general. In general, yeah. that's true. That weekend mm-hmm. is my weekend. I'm watching Friday night events. I'm watching the all- Celebrity All-Star Game. I'm watching the rookies and the sophomores play. See, that's a cool It is game. a fun one. I do like that game. I'm watching the All-Star Game. I'm watching uh, Saturday night. What is it? The Skills Challenge, mm-hmm. Dunk Contest, and Three Point Shot. I'm watching all of those, dude. I, I dive in 100%. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, honestly, the least impressive thing for me is the all-star game. Well, nobody plays defense anymore. Right. It's just like for fun, right? Nobody mm-hmm. plays defense. It's not competitive. No. Which gets me to why I'm annoyed. Okay. Okay. So have you been following the all-star voting at all? Uh, yes. I saw that Lillard finished fifth among Western guards, yeah. which is yeah. a travesty. Dude, I voted every single day. Did you really? Every day. I voted so like six or seven times. That's my point. If Blazer fans are pissed, shame on you for not voting. Vote every day. Some days, votes counted twice. Mm-hmm. I'm voting every day. I'm trying to get my... I voted for CJ, Dame, and Nurk yeah. every day. I mean, it's... Thankfully, the All-Star game is not 100% determined on fan voting. Yeah. Fan voting, man, it's just a bunch of homers. Okay. It is interesting that though that Derek Rose from Minnesota finished above. That's my point I want to get to. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I agree with that. Um but here's what's frustrating. So those numbers for those guys were insane. Rose was ahead of Okay, I have the most recent the third returns before they mm-hmm. finalized it. Um so you have step in the guards on the west. You have Steph Curry, Derek Rose, James Harden. That's ridiculous that Derek Rose. Have you seen what like Harden's been doing? 
offensively this month. I don't want him to be in it at all. <laughs> I, I know, but do you see what that guy's been doing offensively this month? Yes. Oh, my Lord. He's a travesty defensively. I know. He's bad. But then uh, on the on the front court, you have LeBron, mm-hmm. Luka Doncic. Oh, get out of don't here. Don't hate. Don't hate. And then Paul have George. Have you seen his shooting percentage? Dude, but have you watched him play? Yes. Okay. Rebounds, assists, um, just basketball IQ. For a rookie, that dude knows what's up. Yeah. He's a good player. I'm he not shouldn't saying, be number two. I'm not forwards. saying he should be number two. I'm not arguing for that. But what I am arguing for is he's not even in the starting lineup. And neither is Derek Rose. Doncic's not? Doncic and Rose were not announced as starters. Yeah, that's fair. That's not fair. They're top two votes for both sides. Oh, if, they're not listed. Oh, I guess if they're top two, they should be starters then. That's my point. I, thought, like, I thought the starters were decided by the fans and then the bench was rounded out by the coach. Yeah, I thought so too. So Doncic has last on the third third return, he had 3,300,000 fan votes. That's a lot of votes. And Derrick Rose had 2,700,000 votes mm-hmm. and neither were named starters which okay but now there's a debate of like is Doncic going to be on the reserves does Derek Rose deserve to be on the reserves hmm. yeah so we'll see I know that the TNT guys were arguing and that they had a list that they came up with of who should be on it and thank god they said that Damien should be a, a reserve so Lillard needs to be on it <sighs> yeah I mean, they're, what, nine games above 500? Yeah, I think they're in the fourth seed right now. Yeah. So, we'll see. Do you Third know in the Northwest Conference. That's a tough-ass conference, by the way. Yeah. The worst team is... Northwest? The, yeah. Yeah. The worst team is the Timberwolves. <gasps> Did you see OKC in Portland? Um. Yeah, dude. Everybody's going at each other. Well, everybody. So well, awesome. everybody on the Blazers was going at Russ. Yes. Did you see it? Did yeah. you watch the game? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, it was so good. And I saw an article that came out today about like Damian kind of clarifying. Mm-hmm. Did you read that about um, him and Russ at the free throw line? Res- respect. Yeah. No, 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 no. So oh, Dame I, I must said have the free throw line with like a minute left. In oh the yeah, game. and then he said, "Just shoot your free throws. The game's over." And then yeah. Dame said, "Like Dame said, I'm nothing's over when I'm still on the court." Yeah, he yeah. said, "Shit ain't over yeah. when I'm on the court." Oh, so good. Um, and then I think Nurk said something when he blocked Westbrook. Call him Westbrook. When he blocked him? Yeah. <gasps> During the game? Mm-hmm. And that's why he was laughing? Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> and then he laughed, and then he missed the shot, and then Nurk laughed at him again. <laughs> I was I wanted Blazers to win that game so bad. They just kept, every time they'd get it to six, the, yeah. uh, they would, the Thunder would just counter the run Dude, they, with steals. They were being so aggressive. And I th- this is one thing that has bothered me with Portland, is they need to just come out fucking slapping dudes be that aggressive because once you've established that aggression the the refs do let you get away with more what were you gonna say oh i just blazers one looked tired they're they pa- did yeah their definitely. passing looked like they were tired yeah um but that's two games in a row now the thunder have been able to jump those passing lanes at the top yeah. of the, at the top of the arc yeah um and they were also playing super aggressive yeah and slapping hands and getting away with mm-hmm. it and dude what was Nerland's Noel? Not Nerland. Yeah, Nerland's mm-hmm. Noel was grabbing Lillard on multiple yes. like pick and rolls. Uh, Adams, when Lillard was coming around to pick, Adams was arm barring him, mm-hmm. just holding him, not letting him go. 
And I, I just wonder, you know, it's like Portland doesn't come out that aggressive. Then they try to adjust to that aggression and then they start getting called for things. It's like I just I just wonder how it would be if they just came out that aggressive. That's not in their identity. Though. I know it isn't, but they need to be tougher than that. I know. Nurk's the only one who is like your kind of enforcer type. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's frustrating. It is frustrating. Did you see Corey? The bench, the bench had a bad... The bench had a bad run. Yeah. Dude, Myers has been impressive. He has been, but I want to see uh, Sauce get yeah, run more. we need he's, him. He's been buried. Yeah. And I'm sorry, like, Seth Curry's had a couple good games. His shooting percentage is ridiculous. He's shooting, like, over 40, 40%, 45% from three. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't take a lot. And so I don't yeah. know if Stotts is using him incorrectly or whatnot. Yeah. But, I mean, I get it. You want to have Lehman on the court with how Lehman's been playing. Yeah, Lehman's so been great. So, I guess it's just who get. I mean, I guess at this point, who gets benched? Right, right. And Because you, you need Evan Turner as your as your like. Your, Evan's been amazing, as dude. As your ball handler in the second unit. Because um, then you can run Seth off of, you know, pin downs. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, I don't know. Like, maybe there's just not. I mean, there's already 10 guys in the in the rotation. Right. So, I mean, Stauskas is just the odd man out. Right. But God, that guy's skill set. I love how much he works off the ball. Yeah. But his sh- his shooting has not been good. Dude, yeah. Evan in the post, though, has mm-hmm. been like anytime he takes it down low, I go, he's going to score. I know he like has been that consistent. Either I that th- or he forces his own miss. Like one time he went to go reverse it and then hit on like got bottom of the rim on, yeah, a, on a reverse yeah, yeah, yeah. layup. I mean, <laughs> I'll take that though. Whatever. With his shooting percentage mm-hmm. in the post, he's rocking the cradle on Westbrook. Yeah. So good. Um, okay. So did you see the all star? They announced the starters. No. Okay. LeBron James is captain okay. starter. Yeah, I mean, okay. Other captain starter, Giannis Antetokounmpo. In the East. Okay. Yeah. He's the captain. I mean, I guess is there a better player in the East? Kawhi Leonard would be one of the better. Like, yeah, he's a starter. I mean, so he's the, a starter, but who yeah. would, who would be captain Ooh. in the East other than Kyrie? But other than that, no. no. Yeah. So the starters are Kemba, okay. Walker, Joel, Joel Embiid, okay, Kawhi Leonard, okay, Kyrie Irving, okay, uh, Ante Tacumpo, sure, James Harden, Steph Curry, Paul George, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Okay, I mean. That's right. I'm just glad it's not all Warriors. <laughs> right? Was that one year? Yeah. I mean, there's two the only, starters the from only, the Warriors. The only starter that wasn't there that one year was Zaza. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, it's just the fan voting is like, for someone who's been voting every day, it's like, what the hell's the point of this if you guys are going to choose who the fans want in the game? Because sure, it's just I mean, a it's showboat a, it's, game it's anyways. It's a fan spectacle. Right. Like, it means nothing, right? Because I mean, b- baseball is the only one that has their exhibition game mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it determines which uh, league is going to have home like home oh, really? field advantage in the in the oh. World Series. So that's actually you're playing for something, mm-hmm. which a lot of people argue, which is dumb because a lot of times baseball also has a requirement that every team has to have one representative. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to the end of the game, you have you've had. World Series home field advantages being decided by teams that have no shot at the playoffs, even by the All Star break. Oh. Like one year, Adam Jones, the or- he's an Orioles center uh-huh. fielder, hit the go ahead, hit the walk off um, sacrifice fly off of a Padres relief pitcher. Mm. Neither team had more than like twenty five wins at the All Star break, and were completely out of it. But because <laughs> of the rules, were forced there, and they're deciding. Mm-hmm. Those two players were the ones that decided. I love that. See, I, I think I, I get why that's frustrating. Yeah, but it's also like I like that 
knowing I watch the All Star game for baseball because I know I'll at least get to see one of my yeah yeah favorite because yeah. the Orioles are generally not right. I mean, they've been good recently, mm-hmm. not last year. So, yeah, so, I mean, I, I get I get both arguments. Right, I think anyway. it's kind of cool. Um, so this year, just real quickly, last thing about the All Star is they're doing a draft again. Okay. And it's televised. Thank gosh. You yeah. know who was the last pick in the draft the year it wasn't televised? Marcus, Marcus Aldridge, Aldridge. You sucker. You knew that was going to get leaked, too. So that's why I'm like, I don't know who whined and said we didn't want it yeah. televised. I'm guessing it was probably LaMarcus. Yeah. Because he knew it was going to be last pick. Yeah. That's one player that the um, TNT guys were like, they didn't even mention. He was an honorable mention for reserve. Dude, San Antonio hasn't been good this year. <sighs> I hate him. Even with DeRozan. So, uh... Did I say the game was on February 7th? Yeah. The draft is February 7th. Okay. Sorry. So the draft is. And, and I was talking to my brother-in-law, John, mm-hmm. and he had a good point, What I which I think would be kind of fun, is um, if they ha- if they allowed trades one year. Okay. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? That would be pretty cool. To like trade like a player, like you'd have to agree on a trade mm-hmm. and like, to you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it would be... It'd be interesting, but I don't think they'd ever do that. Anyway, so that's all I have for NBA. That's all I've been thinking. Um, I finished How I Met Your Mother. You did. You texted me. Oh, boy. You know, if there's anything that doing this kind of showed me, I did, I've never really, I never really watched TV when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, like even throughout like at all, I guess, through like my teens and, and into my, my, my 20s. The only show I really got into in my 20s was uh, Dexter and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. And those are ones that, like, when the new seasons came out, I watched them. Um, but other than that, I never really cared much for, like, watching TV. I mm-hmm. was always a movies guy. Sure. Um, and so you having me watch the show, you know, at first, it, it was a slow start, but all TV shows kind of are. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, I love it. I love that show. And it's so <laughs> I'm funny. Glad, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's so funny. And just, I, I talked to you about this last week. Um just the little callbacks or, or the little underlying jokes that they bring back or that you know about because you've been watching it mm-hmm. from the beginning. That's what I said to you when you first started. I said, yeah. this is a show that rewards loyal viewership. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. And like, and my love-hate relationship with Ted, like <laughs> I hate him so much, but then sometimes I love him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've talked about the end of the show. I, I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, you suck, but I don't really, I don't want to spoil it because... I don't know. Actually, no, going into it, knowing what happens, I appreciated the end more. Okay. Um, which I don't know. You know, th- there was there was things throughout the final season that alluded to what was going to happen, and like, like frog in my throat choked up mm-hmm. moments, and it was like it's because I knew what happened that those moments meant more. I can see that. Yeah. So, um, but overall, I mean, especially the time travelers episode. When dude, that that's exactly knowing what, knowing yes. like going back that's and watching that, about. knowing yes. like th- th- what happens in the future. Yes. When I first watched up season eight, so mm-hmm. season nine hadn't been out yet. Yes, so I didn't know it, and it was just right. you just figured it was just kind of one of those future like you know yellow umbrella type moments yes. that they allude to something mm-hmm. in the future. And um, but yeah, going back and watching that episode after you know, oh my gosh, like that's just like that's the episode I'm talking about. Goose, goosebumps. Yes, yeah. it was just so. That episode was so well done and like even when he talks about you know what I would do differently and then it shows him going and spending time with his friends Mm -hmm. and then he's like you know if I could spend 45 days extra days doing this or even 45 seconds doing that I would have and it was just like 
cry. It was it was great. I am glad I watched it. So thank you. You're um, welcome. I'm a huge fan. It's definitely one I'm going to watch again. Um, and I'll even sit through the garbage ones, honestly, because I kind of you gotta have the garbage ones because there's there's little things within even the ones that weren't the strongest that were entertaining and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you get some sort of Barney, you know, Barney. Yeah quote or you get a ted and marshall like sorry a ted and lily moment mm-hmm. that's worth watching mm-hmm. again so yeah i see what you mean um marshall's amazing <laughs> i mean i love every character in their own way but i think marshall and lily just not together together they're okay mm-hmm. but individually like it's usually marshall with ted mm-hmm. and lily with ted i don't know what it is but those there i think the three of them that long history of college yeah. and going to get you know what i mean and meeting in college I think, salt pepper and cumin yeah i think that that <laughs> that relationship is what i enjoyed the most about it mm-hmm. um dude robin screaming at patrice was just so funny to me i don't know <laughs> why um but what a great show i'm glad i watched it but what that has got me now doing is exploring shows that are kind of classics that I had never watched before. Mm. Um, So I looked up like top 10 comedy shows and How I Met Your Mother was on there. So that tells me that the rest of this list are things that I might enjoy. Okay, what's on your list? I don't know the top 10. Not my top 10, but just in general, the internet put together a top 10 list. Okay, are you going to try to watch these? Well, some I already have watched. Okay. So like, um, let me pull it up real quick. Sorry. Pay no attention to a stalling for time. Is that what is that? That's from a the show <laughs> I. It's from the radio show okay. that I watch. So Friends, I've seen it every episode. The Office, I've seen it. I didn't finish it though. Ooh. Like the last two seasons, I just got, yeah. I, I was see, like, you this did not. Other than the last. The last ever episode, you don't miss anything from the last two seasons. Really? Once Michael leaves, yeah, the show I think goes. That's when I stopped. Um, Parks and Rec, watched every episode. That's a great show. Yep. Did you ever finish the last season? I did. Okay. I thought I was like not anywhere near done, and then I put it on, and I, it was actually the last episode I was on. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I finished that. Um, so those are they top. And they ended that at the perfect time. Yeah, they did. Um, so those were top three. Um, and then I don't think they're in any order, but I'm just saying on this list, Mm -hmm. another one on the list that I've seen every episode is arrested development. Okay. I love that show. Um, SNL is on there, but (laughs) no one's watching that. Um, dude, they're sorry to interrupt. Yeah. They should be, dude, they're, (laughs) they need a shakeup. Really? SNL has been bad. Yeah. I don't watch it. Um, if it wasn't for Kate McKinnon and the Weekend Update guys, Kate McKinnon is great, dude. She's the only one that can do a, a decent impression yeah, anymore. They have yeah. her doing everybody. Uh, what's his name? Is Keenan still on there? Oh yeah, he's still there. He's good. He, he hasn't been doing much as much. Yeah, yeah. he's been kind of he's kind of taking a step back. When he's there, he's phenomenal. Yes, I agree. Uh, but Michael Che and Colin Jost uh, are really good with the Weekend Update. Mm. It's taken a couple of seasons. Right, I was a huge. Do you watch my, it? Yeah, okay. a huge Seth Meyer fan, mm-hmm. and then when he stepped down to mm-hmm. start his own like show, yeah, um, late night with Steph with Seth Meyers, yeah, which is good in its own mm-hmm. right. Oh gosh, I was so disappointed with those guys at first, but yeah. they've really grown on okay. me lately. Yeah, I don't really Side watch note. them. I mean, there's some clips where like you got to see this, or or like if they have guests and their monologues are good, mm-hmm. I'll watch that. You need to just really quick. You yeah. have to. The one thing that was worth watching was last week's episode. Kate McKinnon does. Um, she comes on Weekend Update as Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Her Elizabeth Warren impression is so spot 
on. It's, oh okay. my gosh, it's so I'll good. I'll look it up. Um, another one, uh, Big Bang Theory. I've watched everything, but I think the most, the two most recent. Okay, seasons. so you have watched that. See, yeah. I am. I I almost. You all right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I should I have, slow that down again like <laughs> I did that one time. I have I have almost have like a in my mind I'm refusing to almost kind of like you with How I Met Your Mother for I a was long gonna time. say that it's just like everybody watches it and yeah. I'm just like that show looks dumb I that's exactly how I felt about How I Met Your Mother it's not a bad show I mean but I also am super nerdy into those things that those guys are into obviously not the freaking physics and, mm-hmm. and, and scientific part of it but like the cons and the comic books and the video games and those things it's a pretty good show sure um, it's fun just to put on to entertain Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then, so yeah, but I mean, It's Always Sunny is on there. I've seen every episode, How I Met Your Mother, um, uh, that 70s show is on there. I've seen a lot of that, but haven't really once, watched. Once Eric leaves, I, I don't even know why they kept making it. <sighs> so, l- shows that are on my list to watch that I've actually started. Okay. Um, there's only one comedy that I've started. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Seinfeld. I've, before okay. starting it. Mm-hmm. I've I had never seen an episode. Really? Yes. Okay. So I've seen like some a lot of the classics. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen. I've seen like I, I watched the show. Um, I think it's CNN that puts it on. But uh, the history of comedy. Okay. You know me and comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. But the history of comedy. They go over all like these classic. There's different episodes like women in comedy or controversial comedians or uh, sitcoms and and Seinfeld is referenced a lot. Um, so I've seen like some clips. Like the masturbating episode, mm-hmm. um, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a shot, and I think I'm maybe three episodes in. It's fun. Okay, it's fun to just watch and hang out. Um, so I started that one, but the one that I'm really into that I've not, I haven't even finished the first episode, and I can already tell I'm a hundred percent on board. And it's not a comedy; it's X Files. Okay. Have you seen it? No. Dude. I'm like I'm such a nerd about like aliens and, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I kind of realized more lately I love this uh the mystery of like solving the crime or solving the case. I like movies that kind of lead you astray and then there's a big shocking twist or like it reveals something. Um so I mean halfway through this X Files episode I can already tell like Ooh, I can be. I can okay. get into this. Yeah, it it was huge when I was like in elementary, middle yeah. school. Yeah, everybody watched it. Yeah, and I just my my parents were always really. I'm not gonna say they were really like strict about what I watched, mm-hmm. but that was one of the shows that they didn't watch, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a show that I really right. watched. I watched a lot of TV as like, like <laughs> we watched a lot of like the. F- our family every night had shows that we watched oh, together. Oh, okay, okay. And that just wasn't one that mm. kind of was on our yeah. radar. I'm going to try to hit some of the big ones. So, mm-hmm. like, once I get through Seinfeld and once I get through X-Files, the big boy I want to tackle is The Simpsons. I have every wow. season. I have every episode. So, I constantly see, like, the, the episode that that one went downhill mm-hmm. was, like, where the jockeys, there was, like... Um, horse racing jockeys okay. that were actually like elves and but they're like alien elves i don't know they constantly, oh, yeah, yeah. I know they constantly point to that episode as being the one that like where simpsons could never mm. recover from did you see the movie 
Yes. I loved that dude, the movie. The movie was so good. I the, was spider, the whole spider pig dying, thing. dude. Mm-hmm. When I saw that in theater, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it's such a good movie. Um, but I just think that that's like, I don't know. I just like, now I'm, I'm you've turned me into a completionist. Damn you. <laughs> I've watched all of How I Met Your Mother and like, you know, like I said, the journey of like, oh, I don't know, Jake. I don't know. Oh my God, I'm in love with this show. Oh my God, I really love this show. Just that whole thing and it's just a classic. How mm-hmm. I Met Your Mother is a classic. And is. Everyone I know loves it. And it's so now I'm going to look at all these other shows and just kind of give them a shot. Yeah. Um, Seinfeld, I think, is, again, starting off slow like every show does. Um, but I mean, and there's a lot of older references that I'm not really sure I know. Like they'll refer to like celebrities or, or something or maybe different athletes that I'm like, I don't know who that is, but some of the jokes are just so simple that you're like, or timeless even, that you can you can still laugh at them. Yeah. Um, so I'm enjoying that so far. I'm a few episodes in. But like I said, X-Files, one episode in, I'm already like, okay, I'm into this. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm talking so much TV, but I you're have fine. one last thing. Okay. <sighs> Big Brother. Oh, yeah. So Big Brother's a summer show mm-hmm. with normal normal quote contestants from like everyday life but they're all super models now um and they're all like how do we say it they're all just like these trope characters or people they all fit these certain character types um but during the winter they do celebrity big brother and you and i talked about this there's somebody going to be on celebrity big brother that i saw (laughs) and i can't remember who it was i know you'll i know you know who i'm talking about so last last I think you and I talked about this when we talked about our TVs, mm-hmm. our TV show episode, but uh, Celebrity Big Brother and Omarosa being on it. Mm-hmm. And we talked, you know, it's just how ridiculous that is. And she was talking a lot about working for Trump and what that was like. And who knows how, how truthful she was through all of that. But it's just interesting having somebody on this platform, on, you know, cable TV talking about working for this president during this administration. I just thought that was so interesting. And we talked about it. I don't remember what episode, but go back and listen. Mm -hmm. Listen to every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, dude, Anthony Scaramucci. That's right. That's right. The mooch. (laughs) The mooch. Dude, so interesting. It's only three episodes into the season. And getting to hear him talk about like Trump mm-hmm. because outs- he says he still talks to him every month. Yeah, I mean, he's not a Trump critic. Right. Really. Okay. So he, one thing he says, dude, and who knows, this goes with, same with the Omarosa things. Like, I'm a little bit more inclined to believe Scaramucci okay. than I am Omarosa just because right. Scaramucci doesn't really have an axe to grind with Trump. Right. And that's what he kind of says. He kind of says, like, you know, we're not enemies. We're cool, whatever. He says, um, there's two things. So he was saying, um, you know, there are some things I'm critical about the president, but if he wants to, to go to war with me, I'm not scared to like open my mouth. And I was like, Oh my God, that alone gets me so interested in how many people in his circle or that he's chosen to be around him feel that way. If you screw me over, if it, or if the vices get tighter, I'm going to, chirp as soon as i'm i feel that pressure so he kind of said that and that just got me thinking about mm-hmm. everybody else sure. and different investigations um, but the other thing dude he was talking about the power of his tweets and how trump knows that power and he said well he of course he I mean he's a the guy's a marketer he is but he scaramucci is talking about how he'll like he'll sit there and he'll just go 
watch this. Now, this is who knows how true the story is, but he'll just go watch and he'll put on like Fox News or CNN or whatever. And then he'll tweet. And then immediately on those news networks, breaking news, Donald Trump tweets, blah, 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 within seconds of him tweeting it. And he, and Scaramucci just kind of alludes to like how much that just feeds that ego and how much he loves it. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, that's not, <laughs> I don't doubt that. Yeah. That seems pretty much in line. But we how we close know is that? we know that there is a connection between his tweets and what is going on on the cable right. on the cable news. Yeah, I know. Networks. But it's just like it just grosses me out. Just that satisfaction he gets. Like you're the president of the United States, and like that's that's your that gets your engine going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Weird. I mean, he's just he's he's. Top you should on. read some of the stuff that's going on in the, in the with between Department of Defense, uh, National and National Security mm-hmm. Council, um, and state. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what's going on with the Syria policy. <sighs> There's three different bureaucracy. Like National Security Council is not really a bureaucracy, right. um, but there's three different people like operating with three different goals. Mm-hmm. Everybody, because they don't have a direction from the president, because mm-hmm. he basically just tweeted and walked away from Syri- from Syria. <laughs> oh, so you have no. you have you have uh, Bolton, mm-hmm. John Bolton, with the National Security Council, trying to implement a very hawkish policy. Mm-hmm. You have DOD, who's com- who have basically lost their head, and they're trying to figure out what because with uh, uh, Mattis <sighs> leaving, yeah, they're trying to implement a some sort of their own policy. Mm-hmm. And then you have State Department op. Op- with Pompeo operating on in their own way, yeah. So you just have three different like massive, yeah, civil military um, entities, entities, yeah, operating in a war zone, yeah, with three different prerogatives, yeah. That's uh, it, it's an absolute mess. There's no cohesion or 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 it's all compartmentalized. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're all doing their own thing. Ugh. Well, and I guess Bolton is getting increasingly. Um, Oh. marginalized by Trump. Yeah. And everybody keeps asking, this is the second national security advisor that supposedly has butted heads with Trump. Yeah. Why does he keep hiring all... Supposedly, he has these fundamental disagreements with all of his hires. Yeah. It's like, so either he knows nothing, which I'm pretty sure is true, <laughs> but no. he's he's not vetting his people ideologically. I guess when you don't know anything, you can't have an ideological stance on anything because yeah. you don't really have any idea of any, any sort of complexities. Mm-hmm. I don't know, we didn't want to get on politics, but no, we can get on politics. Okay. Totally, but, I mean, yeah. It's it's just the it, next few things I got. I, okay. I have some politics. That's things. just my little my my Jake's little uh, foreign foreign policy corner today. <laughs> um, dude, Wilbur Ross, our guy, dude, our Campbell Soup guy. Did you hear what he said? Uh, yeah, I don't. Holy under- shit! Does he not understand that you have to show proof of uh, income <sighs> to get a loan? Yeah. So he said, and they don't have a proof of income because they haven't. This will be their third. This will be. There was a um, some federal em- employees. Mm-hmm. The shutdown happened on their payday, mm-hmm. so they've they didn't get the pay from the <gasps> two weeks prior to that. So this will be their third paycheck they've missed. Some of them have missed. Are they uh, every every two weeks or a month? Every two weeks. Yeah. So Wilbur Ross says he doesn't quite understand why furloughed workers. Um, oh, this is something else I found. He doesn't understand why furloughed workers are using food banks. Mm-hmm. And he also said um, that they should get loans. Yes. To supplement their income while they're not getting paid. I love this guy, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. From the Campbell's Soup if thing to this. If you add two cents per Campbell's Soup, 
can. Jeez, dude, what a mess, man. And like I, I appreciate and I do I do enjoy like seeing kind of American people kind of stepping up and, and offering things for mm-hmm. these people who are struggling. Yeah. Um but it's what a mess. It's so terrible they even have to deal with that. Yeah. You know, you see what's his name? Bon Jovi, he's stepping up big time, helping people out in Jersey. I think it's Jersey. Um but you have like people giving like free admission to OMSI. Mm-hmm. Clark County Historical Museum offered free admission um, for anybody who's a federal employee, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, it's great. I love seeing that uh, stuff. Grant House. Um, Donna shared uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the eatery at the Grant House. Yeah. Uh, free uh, meals to federal employees on oh, Fridays. Awesome. That's so great. Mm-hmm. See, I love that everybody's kind of stepping up and, and having having their backs, but it's just gross man it, they shouldn't you can't know. negotiate like this this should never have been a negotiating tactic right from the president right I, do you think it's hurting him yeah have you seen the polls no oh dude they're not good tanking are they tanking they're down six percent on average yeah over since the shutdown dude did we ever talk about that freaking speech about the wall Oh, the one where he went out. And we were recording when it was happening. Oh, I yeah. I, I definitely missed my, my shot. I called that he was going to oh, call yeah, a national emergency. Yeah. So I was wrong. Where Jake was wrong, uh, I was wrong there. Oh, thank I'm God. Glad he, I'm glad I was yeah. wrong. Um, but, I mean, the guy isn't. The guy can't negotiate for this guy that's supposed to be this big billionaire corporate negotiator. Mm-hmm. The guy that wrote The Art of the Deal, <laughs> even though he had somebody else write it for him. Right. He so he, he had that second speech from the Oval Office. He had that mm-hmm. second speech, and he said that where he came like I want to give the uh, I want to I want to try to cooperate with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. I will extend um, I will extend protections to Dreamers, which is something he, he took away. Yes, but then it's going to say he'll give yeah. it back. Thanks. Dude. Um, and then prote- <laughs> and then protections to and then extend to other um, other um, um, other people who are here that had need. I think it's like people from the Dominican Republic and somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, places in Africa, some places in Africa, he was going to extend protection, deportation protections to, um, if they gave him his 5.7 billion. Well, <laughs> right before that bill goes to the Senate to get voted on, yeah, his administration orders McConnell to sneak in, uh, to, to mm. put in a poison, basically what they call a poison pill yeah. that, they would take away the process for asylum seekers to apply for asylum, <laughs> which basically killed the, the bill on arrival. Right. The right. bill was dead on arrival at that point. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, six Republicans break with, with the party. Yeah. I can't, that, can't what hear an, that more and what more an, are an, doing that's so. A, that's an embarrassment for the Republican party. Yeah. An embarrassment for the president. I mean, he won't spin it that way. Yeah. The, his bill received less votes on the Senate floor today than the Democrats' proposed bill. Really? Yeah. Whoa. And that's a Republican-controlled s- Senate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that whole speech, man. I've talked about this. I touched on this a little bit, but it's just me as you know, trained to just deconstruct things. His language, just his use of like, what did he say about love and what was it? He said something about like about the heart, the pain of the soul, or something like that. Yeah, he tried having his um, crisis of 
to me, the closest presidential speech I could come up with was when he was using that language. It's almost like his speech writers were like, okay, what are the greatest, what were the best speeches from the, like the last like five or six presidents? Yeah. And then we're going to try to like use, we're going to try to like meld all that language together yeah. because that, the, the crisis of the heart. Crisis I think of the heart and soul. Yeah. So he was trying to, that's cr- <laughs> basically trying to steal the same message that, um, uh, Jimmy Carter used in mm-hmm. his crisis of confidence speech mm-hmm. talking about how this, you know, we're, we're basically at a place right now in our society, like talking about, not about policy, right. not talking about any sort of, um, not, yeah, not talking about any policy or bureaucracy mm-hmm. or implementation of any sort of policy, but talking about where we are as a country in our culture. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Carter with his crisis of confidence speech was trying to use, um, you know, his, his critiques of consumerism, mm. um, to then, uh, try to convince, convey to the American people that it's imperative that the United that they that they sacrifice um, for the betterment of the country with the oil embargo, like basically you know wear your sweater and use less oil. So right, we can, right, right. So it's it, he was trying to do a very Jimmy Carter esque impersonation. That's how I took that okay, speech, and okay. it fell so flat because Carter at least was a fairly you know genuine person. Mm-hmm. There's nothing genuine about that guy and that delivery of that speech i think that that is the biggest thing that kind of came through like how do you watch that and go hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i'm just like dude i see right through i mean and maybe it's just because we are so critical of this president but i mean we're definitely coming through with you know different lenses but i just for me it's so frustrating that nobody else is like can be that critical and just go look Dude, you are full of shit. Well, <laughs> he tries to act presidential. Yes, he tries to come and then you he try, in there he tried to come up and like I'm going to put on my best face. Yes. Right? I want to put on my politician hat. Yeah. But then he leaves and then his tweets go right back to that rhetoric that made him popular among his base. Mm-hmm. That's bloviating, that is crass, right. that's partisan that you know, partisan purposefully partisan. Mm-hmm. Um, comes across as obviously political, right. like politically. Um, trying you, you just this whole thing just screams of I'm doing this for politics, right? He, I don't believe he has an ideological dog in this hunt because I don't think he has really any philosophy that he operates no, God, off no. of. He knows that this is the end of his presidency yeah. if he doesn't pull, if he doesn't, um, if he doesn't build come a wall. through, if he doesn't build a wall. Yeah, he also like. The fact that he stepped down on the state of the, he he stepped down on his State of the Union. He said he had postponed his State of the Union address mm-hmm. on Pelosi's request. Mm-hmm. Dude, he got hammered for that. Did he? Absolutely hammered he by said his he supporters. Would not do it. Yeah, he said he would postpone his State of the Union until the government is reopened. Dude, I feel like he just keeps like trying to play politics and just keeps like stepping on his own toes because he he's not a negotiator. Ooh, damn! I didn't know that. I thought he was telling her like, "Screw you! I'm doing it." Well, so. It's not in the Constitution. I saw that. That's so annoying. That you have, <laughs> that you have to give a yearly State of the yeah. Union address. It's also, it's only been since Lyndon B. Johnson mm-hmm. that the president would deliver the State of the Union from the floor of the House right. of Representatives to a joint session of Congress. Which, in order for a joint session of Congress has to happen, the two, the both the Senate and the House have to pass a, a resolution allowing for that joint session to happen. Okay. So it would take a leg- it would take a, a act of legislation right. in order to make that even happen, which mm-hmm. Pelosi holds the keys to that. Yeah. She said security risks blah 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 blah, I mean whatever. 
Politics. Not really politics. Yeah. <laughs> she said, I'm not giving you... Um, I mean, he played the same game, though. Like, I'm not letting you fly. Um, oh, yeah. No. I mean, of, she... But she is matching him at every turn. Yeah. And best... And so far, besting him. Yeah. Because the polls numbers suggest that the that he's losing this this battle over the wall mm-hmm. funding, this whole sh- government shutdown. They're blaming him in large part. He said to blame him. I know. <laughs> right? I mean, like, the guy is just... Finally, it's like... I don't know. I, I Who knows where this road leads? Mm-hmm. But it's like finally we're seeing like, you're getting what you asked for. You want to be blamed for it? You can't take that back, dude. Because now people are really starting to blame you for it. Well, I think we're starting to... See, we're at this point... We're at the point where the only people that are left in support of him mm-hmm. are the people who are going to support him no matter what. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... But then, you know, dude, I see you and I have talked about this a lot and and I'm continuously seeing more and more just these where does the Democratic Party stand as far as uniting under one goal or mm-hmm. one, you know, like the Tea Party you always often reference. Um, I'm seeing like everybody putting their hat in for the presidential race in the yeah. Democratic Party. It's the exact same thing that happened in 2012. It's just like, come on. So, yes, his his diehard staunch supporters will support him no matter what. But what about the Democratic Party? Are we just going to bicker and fight over we because I am a registered Democrat? But are they just going to go at each other's throats for that for that spot, for that because honestly, I I don't know if you saw what Biden had said. No, I didn't see Biden. He said something along the lines of like, I like Republicans. I'm friends with them. So it's almost. He, I mean, he always has been. I know. But McCain's one of his closest, was one of his closest he's friends. taking that like, that moderate approach. Who mm-hmm. knows what he means yeah. policy wise. But everybody else is like, fuck Republicans and anybody who supports Trump. But he's like. I mean, they're my friends. We're all in this. We're all in the same. We're all in this together. Um, but that's a stab. No, that's going to be construed as con- your establishment. You're right. an old white guy, right? And they start just labeling that. I mean, we'll see. But I mean, that I just look at it and I hear that, and I'm like, that's either going to get people to on Trump's side to to favor that, or completely turn people away on the Democratic side. It's going to turn away independents like myself. Yes. Why? Well, because I don't want to see a, a party that completely turns its back on cooperation. Wait, what's going to turn your what's going to turn away independents? If you have if you have the Democrats saying F Republicans, anybody who is seen as working. Yes. Who any Democrat has seen, they're going to start almost like a. Um, ideological purification mm-hmm. of um, of the party, right. whereas like if you are com- in worse compromise is seen as weakness, mm-hmm. um, basically following the same track as the Republican Party has. I agree. Like that's going to turn off independents, and I think you're going to see even lower voter turnout. I think it's also going to turn away. I hope it's going to turn away. I don't hope, but it should turn away a lot of people who are identify as Democrats and registered. Democrats, mm-hmm. because for me, if that's your attitude, I'm not going to pick you. I do not want you a part of this this bigger system. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't. If you have the inability to work with others, like that's a that's a you that's have a, a standard yeah. for <laughs> any job for an ever. Ele- well, in, an, in an elected official, like <laughs> right, you're you are constitutionally bound, ethically bound, and morally bound, mm-hmm. patriotically bound. 
to work with other elected officials right. when you're an elected official. You may disagree with them on how to run a government, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make them whatever other like extremist thing you want to label them as. Right. Um, you know, the Republicans are constantly, you know, not not the Republicans, but the president and right. his ilk um, are lab- labeled Democrats as criminals, mm-hmm. um, as unpatriotic, as mm-hmm. un-American. And then as soon as you start to see that, if you start to see the rhetoric pop up, not just the rhetoric from those, those, you know, the Democratic outsiders, but you start to see that applauded. Mm-hmm. That's when you start to see, I think that's where you'll start to see the um, the takeover of that is when, so, it, but I'll give Nancy Pelosi a ton of credit for this. So mm-hmm. she was able to, I think, better than the Democrats, Republicans were early on mm-hmm. in their pro in their transformation was... Nancy Pelosi did a great job of going to this, the younger, more progressive side of the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. this new wave of progressivism within the party and saying, I know the best pass, path forward. Mm-hmm. I'm a seasoned politician. I'm a veteran. Let me take the reins. Mm-hmm. If you give me the speakership, mm-hmm. I promise I will not seek the speakership on past 2022. Mm-hmm. I will step down and I will turn it over. Mm-hmm. That was enough to 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 placate to get suppose. I mean, they've given their word. I mean, they gave you know they voted for her to become speaker, right? And they would fall in line with her mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they stick to that. Yeah, because as I think some of them grow in popularity and are given more of a microphone yeah. and more of a more of a platform, if they tried to press their power. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think Nancy Pelosi has done a great job of getting rank and file Democrats mm-hmm. to fall in to fall in line in a more traditional and moderate path. Right, right, right. We'll see how it works out. Mm-hmm. They're going to eat each other alive in 2020. I'm <sighs> nervous about that. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. Me too. I. It's going to be. Because there's going to be, I think there's with the Democrats, they're going to there's going to be such a there's going to be such a push to, um, and I want to talk about this on to the Republic eventually in an episode, mm-hmm. but the the evolution of the parties, but more yeah. of the primary system. Okay. I've been studying this quite a bit, mm-hmm. and it's interesting with the Democratic. So you constantly hear what was the problem? Like it was the Democratic Party was rigged against Bernie, right? And okay, well, there is a little bit of truth to that. Yeah. But it wasn't like they actually said, okay, we're going to rig this for Bernie. So what happened is after 1972, Mm -hmm. the parties switched how they elected their candidates. Right, 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 right. Yeah. We talked about this in my poli class. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In 1972, after Lyndon B. Johnson's, um, after Lyndon, after Lyndon B. Johnson's, uh, presidency was over Mm -hmm. and the, um, what they what they ended up doing was like both parties agreed that they would then have delegates bound to the primary results, right, right, in right. each state, yeah, versus having unbound delegates who were already pre-chosen from the political elite, mm-hmm, if you will, mm-hmm. the, you know, state and state senators, state congress, uh, congress people, right, governors would were the pre were the pre-chosen delegates that would go to the conventions and then they themselves would vote for who would be the, the party's nominee. Right. After 90, 1972 that switches. Mm-hmm. And there's an argument amongst political scientists that are saying looking at the American system that that marked mm-hmm. the beginning 
of creating more democracy is a double-edged sword. One, okay. it allows for more plurality in, the, in a more open process. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a little bit more. Now we as individuals have more of a say of who's going to nom- who's going to represent the party as a candidate for the presidency. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that is that those delegates are now bound, so there's less that they can do to hold back extremism. Okay. There's there people who have looked at and there's some of the political scientists who I've mm-hmm. read have looked at this have said now you're why you're seeing more and more political outsiders being able to gain popularity within mm-hmm. the within the primary system is because they don't have to work with what is called the invisible primary right. and that is getting because you don't now you don't have to and Trump was perfect with this mm-hmm. no, because he had like the fifth he was behind when he got the nomination. He had the least amount. He he was had less than half of endorsements mm-hmm. from Reddit from Republican politicians mm-hmm. than Rubio did. Rubio had twice as many like, right. endorsements and and still ha- and was tied with about Joe with, with Jeb Bush for mm-hmm. total endorsements, which was crazy. Right. And the guy that would go on to win the win the primary. Right. That wouldn't happen prior to 1972 because those people, those endorsement the people giving their endorsements mm-hmm. were the ones picking the candidates. Yeah. 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 They can. There, there's a book I'm reading called How Democracies Die. Okay. And the author argues that the parties themselves within the American system are the gatekeepers to democracy. They're the ones that can keep extremists out. Mm-hmm. So once the once the primary system opened up and became more plural, that'll, that, that opened up the system for more extremists. Okay. The Republicans went completely open. Whereas the Democrats in 1972 ch- mm-hmm. chose to do something that was kind of like a hybrid system. So they, yes, they have primaries and caucuses that have bound delegates, mm-hmm. but they have what's called super delegates. Right. This is just for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And those are unbound kind of political elites, if you want to label mm-hmm. them that, who can, who have a higher vote count. Their votes are worth more than a standard right. delegate. So that super delegates have much more weight in the mm-hmm. party. So it's kind of, there is a plurality system, but there's also kind of a more, cl- it's, it's definitely kind of a hybrid between a closed system and an open system. Right. That goes all the way back to 1972. So this this thinking of, well, Bernie, it was rigged against Bernie, mm-hmm. is half is half true. Okay. But it's interesting looking at that, evo- for me, it was in, it's right. interesting work, hear, reading about that evolution mm-hmm. of the primary system. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my... My point of, it's harder now mm-hmm. with with the primary system as it is. Right. That's why I think you're seeing so many more names, mm, okay, both okay. in the Republican primary system. Right. Because you had Herman Cain, who was the CEO of Godfather's Pizza. Mm-hmm. You had the president, who was you know the you know President Trump, who was mm-hmm. never in politics. Right. Uh, Carly Fiorina, who was um, uh, CEO of Hewlett Packard. Hewlett mm-hmm. Packard. You have all of these political outsiders now starting to climb in because they don't have to go through the old channels. Right. Um, and it's much easier to now use media to influence um, and get popularity and subvert the old political establishment. Right, right. And especially today with media. Yeah. It's even easier. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about all that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm torn because... Right. You always want more democracy. Yes. Like the ills, the ills, like the things that ail democracy mm-hmm. can be, you could argue it can just be fixed with more democracy. Right. But you do see that there, you, you can see through certain case studies mm-hmm. in the evolution over time, being able to look at this long process. We've had, you know, f- almost 
40 years of this new primary system. Mm-hmm. And you can see it's almost inevitable that eventually you start to get more extremists, outsiders start to be able to gain power within Mm -hmm. the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I feel like there, it's going to have to come to like a head to then kind of have to reevaluate a political identity. Sure. Or, or I don't know, find a way to, to, to establish what your goals are as a party. Okay. Once you get there. Sure. I mean, I, I don't know enough about the Tea Party to to speak on it, but it kind of seems like that's kind of that identi- identity crisis that it went through as far mm-hmm. as like, okay, who are we? We want this. We want that. Kind of clashing heads, kind of trying to find that. And I don't know. I think if that's, if that's what it was, I think that's an interesting comparison to where Democrats stand today um, because you have so many people. I think even in just the few people that have kind of said that they – that put their hat in for uh presidential run mm-hmm. i think that you do have kind of this spectrum of like kind of moderate democrats very left democrats and even right democrats you know what i mean and so it's just like there's no we'll we'll see once it it kind of dwindles down to a select few and yeah. and how that goes but it's just like i don't know i just don't i i feel like everybody's just throwing their hat in and just mm-hmm. like yeah i want this we yeah. should do it. Am I old enough? I'm not old enough. No. Damn it. <laughs> the the issue you yeah. see when you have such a broad political spectrum mm-hmm. is, yes, it gets more ideas to the forefront. Right. Unfortunately, you get a lot of people who know they have no shot at winning. Right. The Republicans had to deal, had to wade through a ton. And then here's the problem with the DNC is you don't have to give those people a microphone. Right. You can choose to not invite them to the... Um, mm-hmm. To the... Uh, to, you know, to a debate mm-hmm. you can have a threshold saying like you have to have like 10 percent of the expected vote oh, in order okay. to get here yeah the problem is like the republicans had like two like i had like an undercard and then they had like the like the prime bout they yeah. have like 10 on each yeah and the problem is like those people you get the extremists right that would get the biggest applauses mm-hmm. um because the the conservative entertainment complex known as Fox News and others mm-hmm. had has basically conditioned a lot of the Republican voters to yeah. to be receptive to extremist views. Yeah. So you'd have you can argue the same thing for the other side. Too. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely, definitely. I'm just speaking because no, no, I, I, I know. Wi- as I a Republican, wanted, yeah, I witnessed it firsthand. Yeah, I want to say that I just wanted to note that because that's definitely something we've seen even recently. So, oh yeah, yeah. In, in increasingly so. Yes. Um, which we've called out. Yes. We've had multiple. You I think we've had two. We think we've had. I think we've had two recent, semi-recent mm-hmm. um, episodes talking about um, democratic extremism. Yeah. Episode eleven, <laughs> we talked about it with yeah. the social democ with the social yeah. democrats, uh, social democrats versus democratic mm-hmm. socialism, mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, talking with Megan, we t- we pretty much talked about the criticized the the Democratic Party f- right. for you know almost an entire episode. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, my point was mostly also that the media as far as the role that the media plays so oh, sure like you, you like you're saying how with they've that 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 side or, or those those viewers have kind of just been constructed or 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 conditioned sorry to just nod their head yes to whatever fox mm-hmm. news mm-hmm. says and i think on the on the on the left you have media outlets that do the yeah. same thing oh yeah it's in it's um it's almost got to the point it's it's entertainment right, right? they like fox news as entertainment it's not a news source yeah um, you could say the same thing for like MSNBC. Yes. Um, so, I mean, they're echo chambers. Anyway, yes. what was what was I saying? 
Sorry. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> is okay. I know what point I was okay. talking about. Is that you have these extremists, right? Mm-hmm. In order, f- so you start to see moderates see extremists start to you know start to tick up in polls, right? So yeah. that pulls those moderates to then have to like the fear for their own political lives. Mm-hmm. So that in order they know that in order to win their primary, mm-hmm. they're going to have to adopt a, uh, a an extremist rhetoric. Oh, so what Jake. happens? So when you get to yes, so what they, what they do is just this race to the poll. Yes, it's a, it's a race race to the far right poll. Mm-hmm. So by the time that your candidate, the moderate candidate, ends up winning, right? Same. This is what happened with Mitt Romney in mm-hmm. 2012. He had to campaign against these like Rick Santorum, who's like a fundamental Catholic. Mm-hmm. He so he had to take all of these really hardline stances on abortion. Mm-hmm. So then when you get to a general election, people are asking you. Why do you have such this these really old archaic like talking uh-huh. about you know repealing Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. and then he's gonna ha- then now he has to run on a general election uh, amongst a populace who who over fifty percent support Roe v. Wade right right you now you're gonna have to try to walk back what you what you recorded saying on multiple debates yes it it makes it impossible for you to win and that's yeah. what I'm I'm afraid that that's what's going to happen when you get um. Some of these more radical Democrats is that they're going to pull moderate Democrats to the extreme. By the time they get to facing Trump in a general, mm-hmm. they're going to have to now. They're you're, Trump is going to be able to label them with the socialist, yes. um, with the socialist label, and all of his perfectly. He he's a master manipulator of mm-hmm. narratives, yeah. and he's a great marketer. His, you can say what he wants, but his, he crushed Marco Rubio's campaign yeah. when he when he called him Little Marco, mm-hmm. made fun of his, made fun of the way he drank his water bottle, like yeah. how he sweat. Who are you? Who are when, you to uh, make right? fun of how people but drink like, water? He's like, but I'm Little Marco, like, and he's yeah. like always because Marco was always like sweaty because he mm-hmm. would like he would ramp himself up and yeah. he would like he's so ideological. He's kind of mm-hmm. like. He's kind of like me when he gets going, right? He gets yeah. really animated, he starts talking really fast. As he needs to be, yeah. <laughs> and and then Trump, like he's little Marco. He he has these he he has these ten second hit pieces where he just and basically made fun of him. That ended Rubio yeah. right there. It ended him. Mm-hmm. Lion Ted Cruz, crooked Hillary. Yeah, these things work. Yeah, and it, all you got to do is say socialist Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. How do you say her first name? I don't know. Harris. Socialist Senator Harris. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I was thinking that whole time about you know you're talking about these these uh, candidates um, who who may be running on a moderate platform, kind of having to shift to an extreme to to fit in the game to play in the game. Um, what I'm assuming that you're meaning as far as like the Democrats, um, if we are seeing more of an extreme left movement them having to shift more towards that extreme left. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, just me personally, when I see this extreme left movement as a, I would say I'm a little more moderate in comparison to the extreme left. Yeah. Um, it honestly pushes me further, right? Okay. Which I don't know how, that works for a candidate, but I know as a voter and a citizen, like when I just see these extremes and just this shame culture, it 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 pushes me further right, sure, and more conservative in in my thoughts and ideas, like or views that are viewed conservative. Traditionally, they're they're liberal ideas, mm-hmm. but now because I'm just I'm not to that extreme, now I'm more conservative. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get it. It's so annoying and frustrating. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, no, I get that entirely. Unfortunately, like, 
most like so we have a low voter turnout mm-hmm. in a general election. Yes. We have it. I mean, think about the voter turnout for a primary. Right. Who oh, are voting in primary? Who are like think about it, who are voting in primaries? Yeah. People who are really politically activated. Yes. So you either have to be really emotionally charged mm-hmm. or have some real like skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Like you're really behind this one candidate right. to show up for a primary or right. a caucus meet. Yeah. Like I've been to a caucus meet. It's not a place you want to go. It isn't? No. We should go. It's a mess. Dude. Let's go. All right. Next time. When, cause both for, parties. So for 2020, you and I will both go. I'm not allowed to participate. That's fine. You can go though, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. I can go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... They'll ask you your party affiliation when you walk through. Yeah. You could just tell them, I guess you're Democrat. Yeah. You're not yeah, a card. Yeah. I mean, there's no card saying like yeah. who I am, but. Just say I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Though. Oh, I, I, I went, how scared I, I went. I went to uh, <laughs> I went to my precinct's caucus back in 2012. Uh-huh. Dude, I stumped hard for Rick Santorum. <laughs> I got I got my little precinct to, to vote for, for Dude, Rick. That's. <laughs> I was sitting there arguing at the table for Rick Santorum. There was this yeah. one lady who would knock it off Newt Gingrich's dick. Like your Second Amendment speech in your class, yeah. dude. You're just like, I'm not leaving till everybody picks mine. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> but why do you say that they're not a place like you want to go? It's just. It's everything you can. Im- it's. It's. It'd be great people watching. Oh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Interviews, dude. But it's it's not it's like come up with like, a, like a lot of people just yelling at each other. Really? Yeah. See, you know, you talked about like call out culture. Like, I haven't been. I haven't been to right. a democratic one, but I ha- I know people who have. Yeah, dude. It's like from people who have I know who have been there. Mm-hmm. It said like you got to be like lockstep, or like you get shamed like out of the building. I don't know how true that is. Right. I don't know how true that is. Yeah. But. That's what I've heard. Right. That's disgusting. That's just kind of shit that bothers me, dude. Um, I put I put away like I've been saving different articles um on Facebook in a in a folder for uh, for discussion. Um, and I was looking through it earlier, and that's something that came up. Um, man told to remove his Trump shirt at a gym because it made other people uncomfortable. Oh Jesus! That shit infuriates me, dude. Mm-hmm. I get so mad by that. It it makes you uncomfortable. It makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Imagine for a second just being in a foot of water, fearing for your life in trenches. That might be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But you are uncomfortable because of a t-shirt? I just, I can't. I can't with that. That kind of attitude, that kind of culture. hmm I cannot agree with, and I will never agree with. Like, I don't know, man. Sticks and stones. Just let it go. If you're just this inability to to have like your own opinion, let him just rep it. It was a 2016 Trump shirt too. Like the, he won. <laughs> he's yeah. not wearing a loser shirt. And the he fact won. that he's, the fact that he's wearing it, and you don't wear shirts you normally wear to the gym, right, dude? Exactly. But also. That's kind of ballsy to just rock a Trump shirt yeah. to a gym. I can't tell you how many times as a, sh- a social experiment I've wanted to just like go somewhere public in a in a MAGA hat. Yeah, I there's this um, one of our loss prevention guys, mm-hmm. his name's Nazar, great mm-hmm. guy. He does that. Yeah, he said he was throwing like he was um, somebody stole his hat. He was in Baltimore uh-huh. and was wearing his MAGA hat to a restaurant, mm-hmm. and somebody walked by, stole it, took it outside, and like threw it in a mud puddle. 
I should look up Washington State's like filming laws <laughs> because there's some laws that you don't need or some states you don't need permission, mm-hmm. but I can always blur their pages out. But if he's down, we should film and do a oh, social he would, experiment. He would love to do that. And I'll mic him and everything. He's the kind of person that loves putting himself in those situations. So talk would, to him. He would have no problem doing that. Yeah, we should we should try come up with a counter to that. I mm-hmm. don't know if there is one, um, but maybe like a, a leftist extremist kind of symbol. Yeah, um, I'm sure we could come up with something. Yeah, but it's just because like you just this attitude of like look at how gross and nasty and racist these people are. These Trump supporters, these these right, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But then look at that that behavior when somebody wears a Trump shirt. You force them to change their shirt in a gym because you're uncomfortable. I just I can't I cannot describe just how how uncomfortable that makes me. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm triggered. I'm mad. I'm so annoyed by that because. Like we've mentioned a million times, and we still have not done a First Amendment episode, um, but that's just something that I don't know. It just, it just drives me crazy, man. I if somebody ever said that my shirt was offensive, or I mean, if it said something offensive, I get that. But if it's just a, like a Trump shirt, like be like, oh, okay, that's probably not someone I want to be friends with. That's as far as it needs to go. <laughs> Or I'm just not going to talk to this person or I kind of want to go talk to that person and have a civil conversation. I kept thinking about this if possible, if possible, but I kept thinking about this. Um, Last week, you and I had the wonderful pleasure of going and talking to the public history class Mm -hmm. at Washington State University for Dr. Donna Sinclair. I don't know if any of them have listened, (laughs) Um, but I, I was just so impressed and i don't know why i should be impressed because it's donna and she's mm-hmm. awesome but she you know we're we're trying to describe what our show is and she just put it so eloquently of like her analysis of what our show is well she had to read our papers for the better part of three years so. that's true <laughs> um <laughs> trying to der- derive what we meant right right exactly mm-hmm. and and she, just her her analysis of like you know we're just like yeah we just hang out and we say words and she's like no 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 the, the best part is that like you guys come from very different backgrounds and you can have a conversation of things with opposing views with similar views and you can just like we've always said, just have that conversation. And I, it was like my mind was blown. It's like I know that's what the show is about. I know what that mm-hmm. that's what the show is. But it was just kind of cool to hear her say it and acknowledge sure. that. And, sure. and, and especially in that classroom setting, hopefully, you know, that got some people interested in, in wanting to hear or at least start a podcast or at least start a conversation. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, I think that's one thing that we can't always hammer home is just have a conversation. And and that's what I want is like when I see that, when I see people kind of forcing others to, to change their clothes because they disagree with what that person represents. I just wish more people would talk. Yeah. Have opposing views. It's okay to disagree, but not today. And that's scary. And that's what worries me about future elections. That's what worries me about 2020. Is this inability to work together? This inability to have opposing views? Let's find a common goal, even though we disagree. Yeah, definitely. That's imp- it seems imp- impossible today. I yeah. don't know. I'm triggered. Well, comp- I mean, <laughs> ideological purity 
and compromises weakness right are two under underpinning principles mm-hmm. of both political parties now. right so there has to be give from somebody from both i think i think if it's going to work if we're going to find uh, some balance to where we are today you're going to have to see give from both sides i think that if you get give from one side i don't know it makes me think about that international politics uh international yeah, psychology definitely. thing you were talking about it's a prisoner's about. dilemma yeah um uh you don't want to be you don't want the sucker's payoff right so right. um even though both sides i mean it's tragic in nature because both sides right now mm-hmm. would be better off compromising that's what i'm saying yeah but they won't do it exactly because they don't want the sucker's payoff exactly that's exactly my point mm-hmm. they would both be better off if they just compromised <sighs> but they're willing to take a net loss to they're willing to take a loss, a marginal loss mm-hmm. and to take a full loss. Right. Where the other gains in their, in their stead and marginal loss in hopes that the other one takes the larger loss mm-hmm. or, or in, in, in hopes of a chance that the other one will come out the biggest loser. Yeah. Like I'm not going to move. I'm not going to budge. And I'm hoping that by either of us not budging, maybe maybe it's the media, maybe it's something I say in a speech, maybe it's something they say in a speech, but in the end, they come out as the biggest loser and me holding out was worth it. You sure. know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, look up, um, if you're listening to this, if you're still with us, we appreciate it. Um, check out, go on go on YouTube and Google um, uh, Prisoner's Dilemma. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a it's a simple one one shot game mm-hmm. on a on a two by two matrix, and it explains um, why people act act in certain ways right. when met with and it's with a certain a certain environment mm-hmm. is met mm-hmm. where why you're because of inform because of information def a def deficit of information mm-hmm. lack of information of knowing how the other person is going to to do you choose the least hurtful option for yourself because mm-hmm. you know if you co- if you cooperate and the other person doesn't mm-hmm. you get the sucker's payoff that means you lose the most right and they gain yeah whereas if you choose that effect not mm-hmm. cooperate right and they choose and then so and then you will if you choose to not cooperate and then they cooperate then you win but if you don't cooperate and they don't cooperate you both just lose marginally. Right, right. So it's it's the most rational, rational rationality <laughs> forces you to choose that option. Right. Because yeah, yeah. Ugh. When when faced in a, so when, gross, in a prisoner's dude. dilemma, yeah, the way humans natures, the way humans are essentially wired, mm-hmm. thinking rationally, right. that's a rational person will always choose to defect. Unless right. unless there's other unless there's other factors in play. Right. You and I know each other, like that oh, okay. kind of that, gotcha, kind, gotcha, of, that gotcha. kind of stuff. But there when you have two sides that already see each other as the enemy. Mm-hmm. How how much do you think like um constituents play into that? Quite a bit. I mean as far as we're, political pressure and pressuring them to to either to to give up. To uh, well, how many? So how many republic? The only 
the only thing, I keep going back to the Republicans because this is the current most current case study. Right. The Democrats are going through this, and when if we're st- or we're still doing a podcast, and we can look back three, four years. What do you look, mean if we're still doing <laughs> three to four years from now? If you're <laughs> when still, we listen, are. If, you're if you're still, still listening, if you're still exactly. listening to us three we'll to four years talking. from now, <laughs> we will be able to look back on this yes. era yes. of the dem- of the Democratic Party. We can look back at the Republicans because we have we're three or four right. years separated from this. The Republicans, the Tea Party, in the, in the Tea Party, what became the Tea Party Caucus, which mm-hmm. arose out of the Tea Party movement, which right. it became a political entity, um, the in a lobbying group, mm-hmm. they they ran primaries on multiple Republicans. They lost seats initially mm-hmm. in twenty ten and twenty twelve. They lost key congressional races. Mm-hmm. Most notably in Nevada to Harry Reid, mm-hmm. there were there were this, the establishment Republican candidate who was most seen likely to be able to unseat Reid, who was the was who was the Senate Majority Leader at the time, um, was seen at what was very vulnerable mm-hmm. in 2010. But because the Tea Party didn't want a moderate, they ran this extremist who got killed by Harry Reid. Mm-hmm. They were willing to lose. Paul, they were willing, willing to lose seats in the short run to build their ideological base. Oh, so yikes! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you see that a lot with some of the young, ex- populist, extremist Democrats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This ability that we are so ideologically driven that we're willing to lose in the short run to be able to weed out. The ideologically unpure, right? The moderates, the people who are seen as compromisers, yeah, defectors mm-hmm. within our party. So maybe there's something also with that loss, and kind of correlating it to like victimhood. Like, listen, this is what we stand for, and we're losing. You know, let's get together, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you could use Bernie as an example, like him losing. For all the support that he had, everyone that I feel like that has invigorated maybe a, a new generation of people interested in politics. Sure. So now you see that growth. Um, that's, so, that's definitely one way to look at it. So maybe through loss, I don't know how it played on that end, but I mean through loss they can they can find growth in numbers. Sure, I mean they pri- the Tea Party primaried a ton of Democratic a Republican establishment. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Ocasio. I mean, then flip side, the most recent one is look at Ocasio Cortez, mm-hmm. unseated one of the high, one of the highest ranking Democrats right. in the House. One of the long, he had held the third district of New York for mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Was unseated by a by a rookie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. F- young, mm-hmm. incredibly under thirty progressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> yeah, I mean, you can look at this as the erosion of a party mm-hmm. or you can look at this as a transformation of yeah. a party. Oh gosh. <laughs> it just depends on what side of this where debate, you stand, this philosophical debate that yeah. you sit on. Ooh. So, I mean, for me looking at, I don't know, I guess this is my own bias. Yeah. Um, That's I, okay. I, I like the, the country running right down the center. Yeah. Um, I, I fear for, what is the last sane party? Yeah. I want civil debate between the two. Yeah. A civil discourse, please. Please. I, does anybody know what that means? No, and there's <laughs> all, I think there's there's we're starting to elect people who are continually unequipped to have those debates. And get the fuck off Twitter, dude. 
I think you posted something about mm-hmm. this recently, but like this, this new, and I think that plays into that inability for civil discourse. Just this, I said something on a comment like shame is the name of the game mm-hmm. um, because you have politicians just shaming. Was it not a non-politician that was no, being he shamed? No, he was a politician. But I mean, he was a ranking Democrat for no reason, not being shamed into things that didn't have to do with comments made. It's just like, I think he was saying, he was saying that the use, you know, your use of Twitter, you, you know, sub- subverting the Democratic leadership mm-hmm. is hurting the party. Absolutely. And then he says, and then she fires back, well, I didn't, I didn't, um, something about, you, well, you're not basically accusing him from not standing up for Medicare for all and civil rights. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not at all what he said. Yes. You can hear him. You can read the excerpts from yeah. his, his, like when he was, he was talking to Cuomo, mm-hmm. I think it was, um, uh, the guy from CNN, mm-hmm. Cuomo. Yeah. I always get him confused because, uh, Cuomo is, there's also a Cuomo who's the mayor, who's the governor of New York. New York, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Mixed up, but. but yeah, just that, I think Twitter is just gross too. I mean, these politicians, like, I mean, there's this new precedent set as far as like what can be done on Twitter. And I think I, like I said to you in the comment, like shame is the name of the game. It's mm-hmm. just like, I think you have an excellent point in saying that this is either the erosion of a party or maybe the evolution and change of one. But if it's changing into that shame and call out culture and like just dirty politics, I mean, politics, you could argue has always kind of been a dirty game, but it's always, I don't know. It's like the, the mob or the mafia. Like there's this level of respect. Like you don't do certain, like when you're trash talking in hoops, Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't go personal. You don't say anything about someone's mom. Yeah. There's that definitive line. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where's that line in politics today? Trump has destroyed those norms. Yeah. Those norms have been destroyed. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's free for all out there. It's an an- it freaking anarchy, dude. <laughs> it's a freaking anarchy, dude. <laughs> anarchy, man. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, what was, I had a last point I Sorry. was going to make. No, you're fine. I, I, you were making a good point. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember what I was going to say. I had it holstered and now I can't remember. Um, oh, no, I I do remember. Okay. Um, Elizabeth Warren and uh, Senator Warren and um, Vice President Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I would love to see those two on a debate stage together because if there was two politicians that I could actually have a theoretical debate on policy... Mm-hmm. There's no two better Democrats in the race, and okay. that could be potentially in the race that yeah. are more equipped to do that. Yeah, because you, I may have fundamental disagreements with how Elizabeth Warren wants to reshape the United States' economy. Right, but it would be a phenomenal debate. Right. to have that discourse between her and and uh, and Biden. I long to hear that kind of yeah. debate, but I just, with all of these other people throwing the hats in the ring, it's going to be impossible because it's going to be a shout fest. It is. It's going to be trigger words. It's going to be... Using words like gaslighting? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just just saying things that get emotional responses. Yeah. That's all it's going to be. And it's going to be, it's going to hurt us, um, Democrats. It's not, I mean, it's going to hurt us, but I mean... Maybe you maybe you win because you're getting an emotional response out of such a large number of people. Who knows? But that's that's the name of the game is is not civil discourse. Just what can you say to get people fired up? If there's ever going to be a mea culpa with 
in a re like when Trump eventually loses, because I do believe he'll lose and lose in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You ha- you just human psychology, political mm-hmm. psych- just human psychology. You cannot the Trump the the disadvantage. Then now the dis the disenfranchised Trump supporter mm-hmm. can't feel like he's a victim, right? Like you can't make them feel like they're a victim, right? Because that's going to harbor all sorts of resentment, and you're all you're going to see is a reinvigoration mm-hmm. of that kind of ideology right right and i so i don't know how you try to i've constantly tried to rack my brain about how you reconcile with people who have gone so far on the conspiracy level like they've completely they live in their own reality a lot of ways they live in their own reality yeah the same with many of the bernie bros they live they live in their own constructed reality Mm -hmm. so how i mean how do you reconcile with somebody who lives in a different like (laughs) just a different altogether scale than you do yeah. I, I so i don't know but i'm wondering and just final thought on that i'm thinking about the difference between reality and like the internet world the internet world is very different and i think people get very dramatic on the internet when they're talking about their political issues and like nothing's fact-checked anymore and when you get down to it and it's it kind of goes to that that kind of notion that you and i have talked about previously of like having a conversation face to face is far different than having a conversation on oh, oh definitely yeah i mean there's a huge buffer there that and medium allows for a buffer you you that buffer is that 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 skew in reality sure um one example i saw today <laughs> dude this guy you know pat oswald the comedian mm-hmm. he he's liberal yeah and he's always tweeting just jokes and and kind of he fits right in that little groove of appeasing that left side Mm -hmm. this guy tweeted at him i think it was from a week ago or a few weeks ago tweeted uh when the inevitable civil war happens i hope that i am tasked with taking you out so Patton reads that and he goes to this guy's twitter and finds out that since that tweet, he has been hospitalized. He's been with sepsis, like uh, infection in the blood. Oh wow! He had gotten in. He had been in a coma, and like near death. And Patton tweeted, "Hey, so this guy said he wants to kill me, um, but I went to his Twitter and I saw like the very real things he's going through. So if any of my followers want to go to this page, he has a GoFundMe. Help him out. His." GoFundMe limit was $5,000. Last time I checked, it was $15,000. Oh, my gosh. And you look at the the donations, and it's like 10, 10, 10, 10, 20, 20, 20, 10, 10, 10, 10. You go to the comments, and it's like, here because of Patton, here because of Patton. Hope you get better. Here's because here here for mm-hmm. Patton. And then the dude like tweeted, like, I, I like completely changed his views. And like, like, I thought you were just such this liberal scumbag piece of shit. And you saw me f- and for what I truly am and the things that the difficult things that I've been going through. And he, he apologized for the things he had said to Patton. Wow. That's a nice, that's it's awesome. massive. That's it's awesome. massive in the world of the internet where it's disgusting for these two people with such massive opposing views to the point where one's threatening to kill the other mm-hmm. just to find this middle ground. And like, you could see the genuine, like, the guy like said in a tweet like I I can't even I don't deserve this like this is too huge for me even to comprehend like thank you I'm crying and then Patton tweeted back at him you're crying 
denote uh, donation rescinded. <laughs> <laughs> just like this ability just now yeah. to like give each other shit about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's 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 things like that that kind of in the world of the internet gives me a little bit of hope. But I mean, everyone sucks and I hate everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, Jake. Well, another week down. Yep. 31, baby. Hopefully, we'll have a special guest on oh, in the next couple of episodes. Yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're working on some special on a special guest, um, and I think it's going to be... They want to talk about a topic, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. But I think that we're going to get into... I just love talking to this person, and I think it's going to lead to some fun, fun conversation. Yeah. Uh, go listen to last week's episode in preparation for that episode. Yes. Well, we'll, we'll, when it's, when a date is in it, when a date is more finalized, we'll tell you. Yeah. Um, but I think you, it's going to directly relate to, what we talk about in the last episode half 30. Of, of episode 30. Yep. Nerdy 30. Check it out. Um, all right. With that said, I have one more announcement. You and I, are, we don't have the kinks worked out, but we are working on a, we're working on a, a contest, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. We have a prize for those who listen. Um, I think we're going to direct it more towards Instagram. Um, but there is a, a prize for. We're kind of working out the kink still, but I think you know, liking, tagging people on our on our show and spreading the word of this show, um, we have a prize that we're going to eventually give out. Um, so stay tuned for that as well. Okay. Um, Jake and I are going to work out the details for that. But with that said, this is the end of episode thirty-one. <laughs> 31 31 all right guys thanks so much for listening yeah Um, thank you like share and subscribe and stay tuned for a special guest and prizes everybody loves free shit (laughs) (laughs) bye guys bye Say what you mean.